Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Joining me to break down all the market action, it's Tuesday. It feels like Friday right now. <laughs> it does indeed, Michelle. What a week. I know. It's always someone's birthday. You know whose birthday it is today? Who is it today? Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Happy birthday, Yao Ming. past. He's a big guy. So he's <laughs> made big waves in the NBA, if you don't know. I think he's someone in my era. I think the younger folks wouldn't know Yao Ming these days, right? Really? Everybody should know Yao Ming. Mm. Lanky Chinese basketball player. I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, so he really paved the way for Chinese basketball players and really saw the NBA take off in China as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's eating cake this morning for sure. We begin this morning with the world of Apple. The iPhone maker is set to launch its latest model tonight, the iPhone 15, at a widely anticipated event called Wonderlust. Apple watches say it is one of the biggest changes with the new iPhone, uh, it may not be its price, its features, but its price. I'm so excited. I'm scooping myself here. Apple is widely expected to boost the price of its pro-level models by about 100 to 200 US dollars. And it's notable because iPhones already pretty expensive. Plus, the iPhone is seemingly defying gravity, breaking a key feature of consumer electronics. What is this feature? Yeah, higher prices. Gosh, I am wondering how much appetite there is for an Apple iPhone, right? Um, So it has, yeah, again, pushed the envelope when it comes to pricing it and trying to test its loyalty for these Apple fans. And we're looking forward to a couple of things. One is faster processors, faster chips, better cameras, uh, titaniums as well, titanium-based materials for his phones. So the USB-C port is also something that's going to be looked forward to in terms of the type of adapters you need to charge your phone. So that is uh, all in the mix as we look forward to iPhone 15 with the new iOS in store and maybe even more hardware to come. Yeah, a little unusual for Apple to be raising iPhone prices at a time where its market share is growing. The iPhone now accounts for half of all smartphones sold in the US and one out of five smartphones sold worldwide. In other Apple news, the company has extended an agreement with the semiconductor maker Qualcomm. Why is this notable? Yeah, it is notable because everyone was thinking Apple will just do it themselves, make their own chips, and they were actually... Embracing the market for this, the faster, so to speak, Apple chips will replace what they've been using from third-party suppliers like Qualcomm. But it does look like the plans are not going the way they were hoping. So it has to extend the existing deals to get more Qualcomm chips for at least three more years. So a sign that maybe it's not that easy to get things done themselves. So good news for Qualcomm because Apple is Qualcomm's biggest customer, making up about a quarter of their revenues. So they've got a bit more breathing room, at least a bit more time for them to continue their relationship and maybe even longer than that if things continue to stay this way. So worth noting that Apple is finding it hard to make their own chips a sign that maybe other um, hopefuls may also face the same challenges. Yeah, great news for Qualcomm, I'd say. Shares of Qualcomm jumped nearly 4% on the news overnight. Apple finished up 0.6%. Meanwhile, if you are interested in watching Apple's annual event 
launch event live, you can. You'll need to stay up till about 1 a.m. That's when the live stream from California starts on the Apple website and on YouTube. Next up, we turn to the locally listed agri-giant, the Olam Group. It's being accused of fraud. It's a multi-billion dollar case over in Nigeria. And the allegations are being vigorously denied by Olam. Can you bring us up to date? <laughs> it's a classic case of a big mess. So if you've got finger pointing, you've got allegations, you've got now denials. So let me see where we should start. So let's start backwards. So Olam mm. has come to say, Nothing is true. All the accusations are all false. It categorically denies everything that's out in the so-called media reports around its Nigerian unit, Olam Nigeria, being involved in a multi-billion dollar fraud. So that's a top-line headline. Olam saying it's innocent. So what actually happened or was accused is that they were involved in a fraud involving over 50 billion US dollars in what's described as forex round tripping. So this is over a period of a few years um, till I believe 2015. So it's uh, or 2015 to 2022. So it's been some years since and for some reason investigations are now underway. It's a great um, recap. So Olam's business in Nigeria includes rice farming, grains, and more. Olam's Nigeria unit contributes more than three billion US dollars in revenue annual to the group. Two Nigerian publications, The Daily Nigerian and Prime Business, have reported Olam is mixed up in a fifty billion US dollar scandal that involves illicit foreign exchange deals mm. and companies with fake directors. Now, while Olam categorically denies the charges, its board has ordered an audit committee to conduct a review of the matter. So if we take a step back, I want to pick up on what you just mentioned. Olam is accused of Forex round tripping. What is this? Is there an example here? Yeah, so you have to take a walk through memory lane for a bit, at least for a few years. So back in the day, Nigeria actually had multiple exchange rates and quite typical of a country with capital controls. There are rules and regulations for a company operating and making money in places like Nigeria. So that means if you're making revenue in the Naira, which is the Nigerian currency, you have to go through a few um, hoops to get your money back Mm -hmm. to your own currency. And typically, this involves um, exchange rates that may not be that attractive or favorable to you. And also, sometimes there are multiple exchange rates, which is what was happening in Nigeria. You had the official rate where you can exchange your money, so-called exchange your money, but you also had the official rate when you had to buy stuff priced in US dollars. So if you're buying stuff like wheat or anything that might be priced in US dollars, you had to use that unofficial price if you're using, for example, Sing dollars and you want to buy some wheat when you're in Nigeria, then you had to go through a few hoops to get to that transaction being done. So that would mean profits being eroded due to those exchange rates. So what happened here is during those years, According to accusations, Olam found some loopholes to get around these regulations by saying, hey, I'm just bringing in my money and parking it to invest in Nigeria. But the accusation is they actually use these um, money coming in to pay directly to some of their suppliers 
and bypassing some of these unfavorable exchange rates. So that's the essence of what happened, at least based on the accusations. Uh, but also worth noting, it was back in the day and last year, Nigeria stopped all these multiple exchange rate policies and is now based on market forces. So it's quite curious to see why it's now emerging um, these incidents from 2015 to 2022. Well, trading in Olam shares was suspended in the morning and when trade resumed during the afternoon session, investors sold. Olam shares dropped 8.5%. I want to head now to Thailand where the new government of Prime Minister Sweta Tawisin has unveiled a series of stimulus measures to boost Thailand's ailing economy. Thailand is still struggling to recover from a COVID malaise as tourism numbers have not rebounded yet to pre-pandemic levels. Industry experts say likely we'll have to wait till 2025 for Thailand's tourist industry to fully rebound. Among the new stimulus measures, a plan to give every Thai aged 16 and above 10,000 baht, that's about 380 Sing dollars, to spend in their local neighbourhood. So are tax and stimulus measures expected to give a boost to Thai stocks, right? Yeah, so that's expectations that if you have money, where would you put it? Maybe buy some stocks, which actually to some extent we did see it play out that way in the US when we had those um, stimulus checks lending in the hands of consumers. They used all these fancy apps, Robinhood and everything else that was fancy to buy up stocks. And that was part of the reason why we saw a bit of a rally. So looking at what is on the table, if you boost consumer spending, hey, maybe people will buy more stocks and then you also have money for them to spend in the wider economy. So that will also have an effect on companies and their profits. So why not? So that is quite a compelling argument that maybe stocks could get a boost based on these handouts. Let's look at the index. The Thai set index is down about 7.5% so far this year. It is currently at 1,540 points. And some analysts believe it could rise to 1,700 over the next few months, which would be a gain of about 10%. Now, are there any particular stocks or sectors that analysts think are especially set to benefit from these new stimulus measures? Yeah, you've got a couple and this, the first group comes in the form of those benefiting from state projects. And these include the likes of sino Engineering Construction, CH Kanchang, Bangkok Expressway and Metro. So as you imagine, with a new government, there will be new projects mm-hmm. and big spending on infrastructure. So quite an obvious play here. And then we've got stocks that are involved in... The corporate world, which will be Sri Sawat Corporation, CPG, GMT Network Services. So the kind of plumbing that will be required for the business activity to take place. And then you also have another group, which is called the so-called monopoly stocks. So True, which is in the comms space, Central Retail Corporation, Central Patana. It's quite a bit of a list. So pretty much just look for monopoly, that type of stocks, they will potentially benefit from the rise in spending from not just the government, but also consumers. Great insights there. We'll keep an eye on those monopolies and Thai stocks. In the meantime, it is up or down time. And I want to start with Alibaba because their shares fell more than 3% in Hong Kong trade yesterday. What are you seeing? Yeah, so it's all around the news about Daniel Zhang. So he unexpectedly is stepping down as chairman and CEO of Alibaba's cloud unit. He was already due to step down from the wider group 
um, sometime end of this year. But it seems like now there's an acceleration and also more roles that he's just removing himself from. So mm. investors scratching their heads and selling first um, and trying to ride out the uncertainty by staying on the sidelines. So yeah. the ADRs last night down over 1% and in Hong Kong trading, they were down over 3%. So I would go down for Alibaba. One abrupt exit of the former group CEO, Daniel Chang. Now, Chang previously announced he would step down as Alibaba's CEO, but he was supposed to remain on board to focus on Alibaba's cloud business. Well, no more. Chang is out and Alibaba's share price is down. How's Air Asia, our regional airline, doing? All right, AirAsia looks like it is on the up. And this is some news from its CEO. And this with Tony Fernandez saying mm-hmm. that the airline is expected to return to pre-pandemic levels by December. So all the regional travel, budget travellers coming back. Good news for AirAsia. Certainly is a positive sign for the regional aviation industry. AirAsia saying it expects its operations to return to pre-pandemic levels by December. AirAsia is owned by Capital A Berhad. Uh, its shares have suffered a sell-off over the past month, but they are up about nearly 40% since the start of the year. Let's look at Google. Yeah, Google is going to focus this week as a trial gets underway tomorrow. And this is an anti-competitive behavior trial, which could see potentially more scrutiny, more regulations. And it's all part of President Joe Biden's wider economic agenda to make it a more level playing field for smaller businesses and tech giants are in the crosshairs. Google is going up against the US Justice Department. This appears to be the first major tech monopoly trial in decades. So the US alleging that Google violated antitrust laws by making agreements with Apple as well as other phone companies and browser makers to ensure that Google was their default search engine. This trial will play out over the next couple of months but for now at least I'd say this publicity is a down for Google and its parent company Alphabet. All right, let's put on the Mickey Mouse ears. Mm. Walt Disney Company. I would go with down for Disney. So it's a bit of a mixed bag here, but broadly, you've got a deal being struck last minute between Disney and a cable TV provider called Charter Communications. So we talked about this before, that there was a dispute. Charter did not want to pay Disney that much money to carry its Disney's channels. But after the back and forth, it looks like Disney blinked first. (laughs) And Disney now is offering cable TV providers or cable TV subscribers on Charter the option to have Disney Plus and some goodies. So it is seemingly that the cable TV providers have a, a bit of an upper hand these days. And Disney is recognizing that they can't do without cable TV providers and just allowing their services to be bundled together with cable TV. So I would go down for Disney because their pricing or bargaining chip here does not seem very strong. Yeah, let's look at this, uh, at the deeds. So Disney was in a fight with cable carrier Charter Communications, and we did discuss this last week. And as a result, viewers in key markets like New York, LA, found themselves without Disney channels, including ESPN, sports channels. Well, Disney and Charter Communications have reached a deal, which will see Disney receive more than $2 billion US billion in fees 
from Charter, but it will also make its streaming services available to cable subscribers at no extra charge. It's something that Disney has been balking at. Um, you know, the argument that is this will undercut its own streaming business. Disney shares rose overnight, so investors like this. I think it's a short-term up, though, for Disney, but potentially a longer-term down. Okie dokie, let's look at Tesla. All right, Tesla is going to be up for me because of an analyst upgrade from Morgan Stanley and this to the tune of $500 billion. Mm-hmm. That is the price tag or at least the market value being described by Morgan Stanley that Tesla could benefit from its Dojo supercomputer. And Morgan Stanley also, also says Tesla should be seen more as a tech company because it can sell some of that tech stuff to other automobile makers. So, all in a stock upgrade with a higher price target is an up for Tesla. I join you there with Morgan Stanley, of course. So, Morgan Stanley believing that Tesla's Dojo supercomputer is going to fuel a big jump in the EV maker's business. Tesla shares saw 10% on the news overnight. Let's look at the American bakery company, Hostess. Yeah, so these are the guys behind the Twinkies snack. I'm not sure if you've tried Twinkies before. They are constant availability in my house. If constant. you are in the US, On it buffet. is, I think, a staple for many families. The Twinkie snack is... It's like a slice of cake. Yeah, I'm not into that, so I'm not very familiar how it tastes. But it's quite popular, and it looks like you are a big fan. So... <laughs> I try not to eat too many. It's going to be up for me because they have been acquired to the tune of $5.6 billion. Mm-mm. So good news for the makers of Twinkies. They get a lifeline and also a shot in the arm. Tastes like cake with a bit of custard in the middle. Uh, could this be a marriage made in heaven? So Smucker's Jam and Hostess Twinkies. JM Smucker is buying Hostess, the company that makes Twinkies and Ho-Hos, for $5.6 billion US dollars. Hostess shares surged nearly 20% on the news. Smucker's finished down 7%. Do you want to guess what uh, Hostess ticker symbol is? It's listed on NASDAQ. Hmm, H-O-S-T? Good try! Its ticker is T-W-N-K or Twink. <laughs> <laughs> I've sort of uh, put it in a context that Hostess is going through some struggles. Okay. They've actually um, declared bankruptcy twice, despite being so iconic. Despite me buying almost everything they churn out. Goodness me. Let's check in on local markets now. The Straits Times Index finished up one-third of a percent yesterday at 32.18. Two Capital Land companies, Capital Land Ascendus REIT and Capital Land Integrated Commercial Trust, led the way higher. On the flip side of the table, Hong Kong Land was the worst-performing blue chip. The Jardine Matheson subsidiary adding on to the recent loss is falling another 3%. Hong Kong land is down 16% over the past three quarters. For our last word today, we return to Apple. As I mentioned at the top of this show, Apple's going to be launching a new iPhone tonight. But not every Apple product has been a raging success. In fact, Business Today has a feature of some lesser-known Apple products like iTunes Ping. I didn't even know about this until I read about it. Uh, a social networking service that just did not have the right ring to it. So a real miss. Uh, any other Apple misses that come to mind? Yeah, the one that stands for me has to be Apple Maps. You know, they wanted to do it themselves. And I think this is a lesson that you can't always do it yourself. And Apple Maps, if you don't remember, was a bit of a disaster. They were missing landmarks, roads that led to nowhere. And if you try to navigate it, sometimes you hit a dead end. It was a disaster and some roads did not look like roads. They looked like 
abstract artwork. So it is quite bad. <laughs> so it is, I suppose, one of the big fails for Apple. Despite their successes, they can't you know, succeed in every single thing they do. Yeah, yeah. Apple Maps, another Apple product I have no recollection of. Uh, here's one that I'm surprised did not take off, the U2 iPod. Did you know about that? How does it work? YouTube. Yeah, so it's a collaboration, plays YouTube songs only. This was back in 2004. Uh, The YouTube iPod lasted only three years. But I think, and you know, consultation fees might be required here. If Apple did a tie-up with Taylor Swift Mm. for Swifty earbuds, maybe a Swifty iPad, they'd be a roaring success. Yeah, maybe ahead of its time because YouTube back then and YouTube now is very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. You two iPod failure, but who knows? 50 earbuds may be in the works. Thank you very much, Ryan Wong. Have a good Tuesday. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.